You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Do you have a fridge uh, down there? No, it's just on the floor. I don't refrigerate my pop because you got to remember to put it in the refrigerator for it to actually work. Uh, yeah. That's part <laughs> of the... So yeah. I'm just kind of like, it's on the floor down here in the basement, cold air sink. So it's, you know, not cold, cold, but I mean, it's, it's not hot. Well, that's, you know, not hot. That's kind of the way this show goes. And we want to welcome everyone <laughs> to episode number 117 of the geekiest show ever. And you say, well, I don't hear Mark. I hear Mr. Mike McPeak and I hear Kevin. Well, Mark couldn't be with us tonight. We are going to do a three-way, as we talked about uh, on the show, I mean, a, th- uh, a three-way geekiest show ever here before too long with Mike because... Uh, we realized that Mark and I have never been able to do much. No, that's not going to come out right. Mark, <laughs> Mark and I have never been able to talk to Mike at the same time on the show because Mike is usually kind enough to fill in. He's the, uh, he's our five thirds beetle or something like that. <laughs> five thirds of a beetle. Hmm, well, or three fifths of a beetle. I don't know what it is. Well, I'm big enough. I might be uh, five thirds of a beetle, but you know, so, like maybe Ringo or something. He's kind of small. So, well, welcome to the show, Mike, and thank you for jumping in. How are you this evening? Oh, not too bad. Uh, it's, you know, it's hot here, but, uh, you know, I've been staying indoors, and although we did get some work done, we planted a couple trees in the backyard and hung a uh, uh, microwave over the stove and did a few things. So I, I was actually productive around the house today for once. Oh, that's very good. I it The heat wave finally broke here this afternoon for the most part. It uh the cold front that was coming finally got here, and uh, the temperatures outside are nice. The air conditioner is actually keeping up and not running continuously <laughs> to keep the house cool. But uh, we haven't had a whole lot of rain, so dang, my yard's dried up a little bit, and I can't mow it. Oh, damn, too bad. <laughs> Ours probably does need to get mowed. Uh, of course, after the drought we had last year, it's kind of straggly and weedy, so uh, it, it, it looks kind of bleh. But we should get out there and, you know, kind of trim it down. But, you know, but the kids leaving, the kids are all out of the house now. So it's Deb and I, and there's ticks out there or fleas or something keep biting her ankles. So guess who gets, you know, the you mowing the job? Mow- so, Well, I usually do the mowing. My wife jumps in and helps out sometimes. But uh, it usually, it, I usually end up doing it. And uh, before I forget, for those that are wondering about Mark, uh, he had a little bit of a family uh, issue he had to attend to. And uh, he should be back. This time he's not actually sick. He's doing things in in the real world he's actually taking care of the real world side of things today so uh but we hope everything works out and he'll be back with us next week if not guess who you'll hear next week as well Ooh, can we guess no we can't Mm. speaking of hearing our listeners might notice a dramatically improved sound quality from you mr mcpeak you want to talk a little bit about the why yeah, it's not because I've gone to a surgeon and had actual vocal cords put in or I've learned how to talk. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, no, I uh, decided that, uh, well, um, Jeff and Julie, uh, my co-hosts on Sci-Fi Tech Talk, went out to Nerdtacular uh, over the 4th of July weekend. And they kind of got inspired about, uh, you know, uh, increase doing things to our podcast and kind of tweaking things. And I thought, well, you know, it kind of inspired me too. And I've been thinking about changing the the microphone for my podcasting anyway because for the last year or more i've used that little uh uh logitech uh, headset with the little boom mic on it and but when i've been editing my bard on the planes podcast i'm listening to my voice and 
I know it'll pick up the, uh, I call it the mouth sounds, because, um, <laughs> well, with my denture in there, it it, it gets a little um, little bit moisture in there than normal, so I kind of hear this smacking and, and stuff, and I thought, well, let's just try a different mic, get it away from my mouth a little bit, and, you know, maybe that'll kind of improve the quality a little bit, and, you know, I tried it out, I did a whole bunch of tests on it, uh, I did Skype calls, I used piezo, I decided that, and I might, for my own uh, podcast, maybe start using um, Audacity to start editing with, uh, so I just tried all that stuff out to make sure that it would work and it would sound good, and I mean, I wouldn't have to be like eating the mic to get it to work, but still, you know, have it pick up and how it was doing for ambient noise. And it doesn't seem to be doing too bad. Excuse me. Now, if I just could get one to get take burps out, but um, <laughs> oh, just ate pizza before we came down here. It's not a good. There's a podcasting tip: don't eat pizza before you go uh, and try to podcast. But <laughs> there's there it is, folks. A professional's point of view. Where? Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought somebody sneaked up behind me and you said a professional, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to go there. That could just go down a really yeah. That could get bad really quickly. But uh, no. So I decided. And so this one here that I'm using right now, um, I asked the music teacher at school and I borrowed. Uh, I said, "Hey, you know, can I, I use that or borrow that for a little bit to see how it works?" She said, "Yeah, go ahead." Um, and so I should actually give her some credit. This is the third podcast I've used on this weekend. I should say that you know uh, Lola Bartels, the uh, music teacher at Clark, you know, let, uh, loaned this to me that I could try out for the weekend. So um, I tried it out, and it seems to be pretty good. So I think when we're done here, I uh, got the link on Amazon uh, right in front of me here, so that uh, I might just go there and uh, and use it. And I think you know I'll try to use um, a certain podcaster that we know of Amazon's affiliate link, so she gets a little bit of money for this, and uh, uh, and then I can end up with a better sounding uh, uh, production here. Now all I need to work on is my speaking skills, and we might actually get somewhere. You need to practice. The rain falls mainly in the plain in Spain, or whatever the hell it is. I forget what it is. There's some. The the rain in Spain falls, falls mainly, mainly in the, on the plains. That's it. Doctor Doolittle. That's it. No. I couldn't. Yeah, no, Doc. Well, uh, Eliza, do, Eliza Doolittle was the character Victor, in My Fair Lady. In My Fair Lady, yeah. Okay, okay. I I know something about show tunes. Oh, okay, uh, or Broadway shows. Okay. This is this is getting back to us talking about doing the can can with me wearing a kilt, and we don't want to go down that road again. No, 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 we don't. No, no. Um, well, no, I guess I actually remember when they would put musicals on TV, and you know, so I remember as a kid watching My Fair Lady and Doctor Doolittle, and if you could sing with the animals or talk to the, the animals, yeah. yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I used to actually go to. Um, live theater when I was younger because the church that I went to when I was a kid had this um, thing where the, a group of adults and the young adults and the kids would go, there was dinner theaters all over the place around where I grew up for some reason, they all, a bunch of them sprung up and uh, they'd go on outings I remember going to see Oklahoma Don Quixote um, I can't remember, there's some other ones that I went to see live theaters I was in New York one time, I saw Annie the musical, um, I did. There was some a couple people in there that you would know in that movie, that show. You remember uh, Alice? Oh crap! What was her name? Oh, that's terrible. You remember on Bewitched the the aunt that would always fade in and out? Beasley. 
And you, you, the one that Al, kind of Al, Alice Beasley. I think that's her name. Yes, she starred yeah. as Mrs. Hannigan in that. Okay. And Daddy Warbucks was John Shuck. Is how you say his name? He mm. did. I'm trying to think of some of the things. I, I, there was a TV show he did for a while where he played a robot cop. It wasn't on, but a couple of years. I'm trying to remember. If we look him up, uh, look him up on Wikipedia, and you see his face, you'll know who I'm talking about. He's done other stuff, and for right now, it's escaping me. But I saw that. So I, you know, that's my introduction to show tunes. I know, you know, interestingly enough. And then I've got a local friend, uh, one of my good friends here locally, is the current creative director for the Wayside Theater in Middletown, Virginia. Oh, John Shuck. Okay. Uh, he did, uh, I remember him from MASH, I think. Yeah, I think he did. I think he was in the movie, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm pulling up his uh, Wikipedia page here. Um, Wiki him. Yes. Uh, work on... St- Star Trek movies? Let's see. Let's oh see. yeah, that's what he was in. He was he played the Klingon prosecutor in um uh, which one was it? Would have been the third or the fourth movie where they were talking about the Genesis Oh, okay. It would have been the third one where they were talking about the Genesis torpedo, oh. you know. He the played for Spock. Yeah. He was the uh, Klingon prosecutor right there at the beginning of the uh when they were on trial. Well, I may have to go back and watch it. Oh, Sergeant Charles Enright on uh, McMillan and Wife. Uh, yep, I do remember him on that. I knew there was a bunch of stuff he'd done. Uh, okay, he was in, okay, they must have did a remake of the Munsters. Uh, Lee Merriweather's husband, uh, Herman Munster, in the 1980s sitcom The Munsters Today. Ew. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't remember that one, and I'm pretty glad I don't. Yeah, uh, something about a reoccurring role uh, as Drail. On Babylon Five, and uh, in the Law and Order programs, especially Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because once I saw the face, it's like yeah, it's like one of those character actors. You never yeah. know their name, but right? By golly, you've seen them everywhere. Yeah. No. It, it kind of like the guy that played uh, Roy Wally in uh, on uh, in uh, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. You see him all over the place in different things. And I was watching some old movie, and he came up. Him and Ronald Reagan were out in a boat rowing or something. I don't remember. I didn't stick around to watch the movie that long, but you know, it was I, I, there. He is again. There he's popped up again. But you talking about uh, watching stuff, and and I talk about going to theater. I that's one of the things that as summer rolls around, of course, everything just about everything's in reruns at this point. Mm. So you know, I don't know. I mean, as a geek, what are you to watch? Are you pulling out your DVDs? Are you renting stuff off iTunes, Netflix? Oh, we've kind of been just, uh, I guess because it's on, uh, the History Channel. We've been watching uh, some of that. Uh, uh, right now, when I came down, I was watching Pawn Stars. Um, the other day, we were watching uh, American Pickers. I kind of like that one. Oh, I like that uh, one. Yeah, because they kind of get up to South Dakota once in a while. They've been out to uh, Sturgis. So, you know, anything that gets to South Dakota, I kind of like. But, I mean, those two guys, they, uh, uh, I would just, I might almost pay to ride around with them uh, just to go on some of these picks and meet some of these people that they meet, just to sit down and kind of chew the fat with some of these people. Just, you know, because they come across some real characters and have some real interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. They, um, they were over in West Virginia, not too far from where I am. And they met up with some really interesting characters. I remember a year or two ago, but I do I thoroughly enjoy that show because some of the stuff they look at 
what amazes me is they they'll look at something that to me looks like I don't know what the hell that is, and they go, oh, that's a da 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 off a nineteen twenty one da 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 da. I'm going really. What kind of encyclopedic knowledge do you guys carry around? I mean, seriously. Well, I know, and they take every opportunity they can to talk to people and learn what they can. Uh, I mean, you know, crap, I have trouble remembering what I did the day before yesterday. But, uh, you know, these guys seem to, you know, like you said, talk and remember a lot of this stuff. And it it serves them well uh, because I, I can't imagine trying to make a living by, well, basically buying junk. Um, and selling it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I would make it in the mercantile, mercantile type system where you have to be like buying and selling all the time. I just don't think that would be a, um, a career choice for me. I'm just not a, a haggler. You don't, you don't haggle well? No, I may look like a hag, but, uh, no, I don't <laughs> haggle well. That, that's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go down that road. That's not a, that's that's another road that'll lead into really bad territory for both of us. I think. Oy. Yeah, oy vey. It's a... yeah. Well, let's not go down the back road. Let's stay on the highway. Yes, uh, but no, that would be cool. Uh, that's you know that's one of the things we've been scrambling around. One thing I'm looking forward to is I think it's the 14th of next month. Duck Dynasty starts back up, which I mm. love that show. Um, I'm reading. Uh, you know that you know what I'm talking about. You seen it or have you? Seen yeah, it? yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. Was it the, the grandpa or whatever? I, I'm va- uh, peripherally. Uh, uh, I know about. It. I've seen a little bit of it. And didn't the grandpa or something write a book called Happy, Happy, Happy? Yeah, the patriarch. That's what I'm reading right now. Is Phil Robertson's okay. book Happy? I love the way he says it. Happy, Happy, Happy. <laughs> well, he's just got kind of. What well, is it? Louisiana? Yeah, it's Louis, uh, West Monroe, Louisiana. Okay, down there. Well, because I, I think um, our mutual friend Timothy Gregoire has kind of mentioned it from time to time. So yeah, I, I have heard Tim talk about it, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting show. The one thing I like about it is it's really fairly family friendly. I mean, hmm. a lot of the reality shows are not family friendly. Mm, yeah. So yeah, uh, we uh, we let the kids watch it, and they, of course they all love. They've all got Duck Dynasty T-shirts and. They love Cy, and uh, they love uh, Jace. One of the uh, the youngest brother, uh, Jep, and his wife were in town, uh, here in town back in May for the Apple Blossom Festival. That's a big thing here in uh, Winchester every year. So they were in town for that. So, uh, But they're just fun to watch. And Phil cracks me up, you know, with his backwoods logic and down-home type of logic and the, and the way he looks at things. I mean, the fact that the guy has a... Uh, bachelor's degree or maybe a master's degree I can't remember from Louisiana Tech I mean he's a English in English and teaching and stuff like that um, okay you know, and it, I, just the way he approaches things it's it's well, it's amazing the little that I've watched it um, the one episode I I do kind of remember that I think they sunk somebody's uh, duck boat or something like that it was Phil's boat they sunk <laughs> uh, yeah I Okay, I, I couldn't peg those guys as being college or any of them being college graduates right off the bat, but okay. Well, it's funny because you look at him. Uh, Phil's a college graduate. You know his story about he played football ahead of Terry Bradshaw right? and opted not to play professional football, and uh, Bradshaw, of course, went on to become a Super Bowl-winning quarterback with the Steelers. Um, but all I think all of his kids have been, all four of the boys have been to college, Um and Phil preaches now. He's a reformed, uh, reformed Christian, and 
I'm trying to think. The only one I remember there was an episode, then the other characters, the one guy on there, Martin, who works there. He's a big, real big, tall guy with a dark beard and stuff. He's huge, huge, tall. They probably, he's working on his MBA, and he works in the duck call shop. So, okay, I mean, they're they're not dumb. They just you know they just approach life from a different perspective, and I think it's kind of amazing. Like I said. The kids, the kids love the show. We all enjoy the wit, the wit and wisdom that they come up with, and you know, there's always something to be learned or something like that. Well, I mean, growing up as a kid, I, don't, I can't say I you know necessarily liked the Andy Griffith show, but I did like Andy Griffith when he was kind of you know people were. I guess I liked the moments where they were assuming that he was a hayseed, but then he would kind of uh, trot out this, uh, you know logic kind of um um you know it, uh the sound popped up i tried to bring up duck dynasty and the sound started playing <laughs> broke my train of thought all the cars are empty anyway but uh <laughs> but you know when he would um uh turn around and just say something you know profound and the city slickers who are there thinking they're going to try and pull something over on them uh you know really kind of get caught flat-footed and they're kind of going yeah, 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 yeah. you know and um you know and just the kind of down-home uh wisdom that he kind of put out sometimes those were the moments that i like barney fife kind of drove me up a wall but um you know you only I, you know, Don Knotts was a great guy, but Barney Fife, a little of him kind of went a long ways with me. <laughs> well, I love, I, I've admitted on this show before, that's one of my most, one of my favorite television shows of all time is Andy Griffith. And I have the Andy Griffith trivia game and all that, and, and I'll play against, and I'm good on all the black and white episodes when it gets the color and after Barney left, man, eh, a little less interested in the show, but I did follow it, continue to follow it. But uh, I also like to hear Andy Griffith do comedy. His comedy stuff, and you can find a lot of it on YouTube, folks, is absolutely hilarious. The one that you can find, which is a direct clip from the the show, is where he starts to try to explain to Opie about there's 1.5 boys per or one and a half boys per square mile, and Opie says one and a half. He said I ain't never seen half a boy, Paul. He said, well, it ain't a, it ain't a real half a boy, Opie. It's a ratio. He said his name is Horatio. <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> well, the, the one um, uh, comedy bit of Andy uh, Griffith I've uh, heard was the uh, the football uh, one, where he's uh, uh, kind of a uh, a Hicks view of what a, a football game looks like, and um, I don't remember all of that, but um, you know, he's trying to describe it to somebody who'd never seen one before. And yeah. I thought that one was pretty good. The other one, he go listen to him do talk about Romeo and Juliet. That'll that'll kill you. That'll absolutely kill you. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou? <laughs> he does it with that North Carolina made up North. Well, it's not, not for him. It is a real North Carolinian accent. But uh, yeah, check out Andy Griffith. Either a lot of his stuff clips are on YouTube and stuff like that. It's really, it's really quite enjoyable. And the man can sing like nothing. I mean, he's a heck, got a heck mm. of a voice. So, but yeah, it's uh, I enjoy that. But uh, during the rest of the summer, I mean. We're rewatching some stuff. There are a few of the reality shows like uh, Hardcore Pawn. Trying to think, mm. a couple others that are. Thankfully, their seasons are starting in the mm. summer. I think that's one of the good things about reality television. And then uh, what's the other one I like? Oh, uh, Shipping Wars. Okay. That one I don't mind too much. 
Oh, I was thinking of Storage Wars. Well, Storage Wars is another good one, too. Yeah, that was the, <clears throat> the, the original one, uh, I've watched quite a few of those. The New York one, uh, I have kind of started to watch uh, to, a, uh, to some extent uh, to kind of get to know the characters a little bit. But, yeah, that, that you know, those aren't too bad. Uh, you, know, I, you know, they do kind of want to ramp up the drama a little bit and, you know, try to make stuff out of it. You know, it's not as bad as, like, say... Um, um, Big Brother or Survivor, where they really, yeah, that that stuff's over the top. Well, you know, Storage Wars. I was wondering the newest season of it. They don't have uh, what's his name, Dave Hester, on there. The uh, the the guy. Yep. Yeah. So I looked it up to see why he. I don't know whether he started it or A and E started it or, but I, I think it's on A and E. One is suing the other because he claimed that the show is two made up he said they see the lockers that they're being bid on and they you know they do other things to add more drama to it and stuff like that they're the show has a fix in it i guess for lack of a better term so i know there's a big lawsuit going on so he's been just kind of from the show yeah I, I i remember hearing something about that on the news and um there was a yeah sort of discrepancy there, and I don't know he's one of those guys. A little bit of him kind of went a long ways too. Um, he could be kind of a a jerk sometimes. Or, or just a, just a wee bit, just a yeah wee bit. yeah wee bit, yeah. just a wee bit laddie. But yeah, um, uh, yeah we've been watching some of that, and then of course I've always been falling back to the Big Bang Theory. And well, while you were talking, I had to look up something on my phone because I got a. Uh, something that'll tell me when my favorite TV shows are on so I can remember to watch them. And I had to look the new season uh, starting next Sunday of a show that I've liked. And I uh, thought they had, I guess they brought it back. It's uh, Unforgettable, Unforgettable with, um, what's her name? Popper. I can look up. Um, it's a crime show. And the, the hook is that this, uh, oh, Piper. Oh, Piper Laurie. Uh, names out of the air here, but I know that's a name that goes together. I think Piper Jaffrey's. Uh, well, the hook is, is that she's got a photographic memory, and huh. she is um, invest. Uh, I mean, she back on the force working with uh, um, her partner from when she from before. That so they have a, a history there, but she's also there's also the uh, um, her twin sister was killed or was she um <laughs> so she remembers the, you know the person with an uh you know photographic memory remembers everything uh she uh, can't um remember what happened that day so she's trying to piece that together and try to come up with uh, um who did it and you know try she's trying to investigate it and some of it is like um you know, it's maybe a little over the top, but um, they uh, will reconstruct a, a crime from her memory, and she'll go back there and she'll remember little details about uh, uh, everything, uh, about how the crime scene was laid out. The one I do remember is that uh, they're at a crime scene, they discover that the, there's a bomb there, so they have like 30 seconds or a minute or something to get out before it blows up. So she's just looking all over the place, um, trying to remember everything so that she can kind of mentally reconstruct uh, the uh, uh, the crime scene. 
Oh, Popper, Poppy Montgomery is the actress. Okay, I was completely off on Piper, whatever. Yeah, like I, I, I like it. I just can't remember. Well, there's so many te- or shows on. You know, it's kind of hard to remember. You know, characters and everything. Um, but I do like that one. And there's, and this is one where the, for me anyway, the characters seem to be a real connection between them sometimes. Because sometimes when you have characters, well, we have this type of character who needs to interact with this type of character. And, you know, it's kind of like they slam it together and put crazy glue in there and try to make it work. But these, for some reason, these characters seem real to me, like they're making real connections, like they really kind of give a crap about each other or whatever. Um, So they... uh like I said, they seem like real characters, and that's the one that's just kind of clicked with me. And uh, that one I will go out of my way to watch. I might even, um, you know, record it with uh, my DVR so I can watch it. <gasps> really? You've got to actually invest precious DVR space in it? Well, it's a homemade DVR. I mean, i got a tuner going into my computer, so. But uh, it's, it's precious hard disk space, though. Well, that's cheap anymore, though. Oh, that's true. Unlike thumb drives. Oh, and I have to tell you. Uh-oh. I, there, there's someone saying, I think I'm going to have to go to to Staples this week and buy half a dozen thumb drives. Kevin, 12-step program. Take 12 steps away. You can't reach it that way. <laughs> but no, see, if if I buy six thumb drives, that's that's half a 12, so I'm halfway to beating it. Oy. Your logic, my friend, is twisted. But they're, it's, it's, they're thumb drives, and there's some of those ones that are the real teeny tiny little ones, too. So you'll lose them and have to buy more. No, 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 I won't lose them. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll be like Kevin. Some, they'll be like some, like, it'll be, oops, it'll be kind of like this one here. I bought it, but I never opened it. <laughs> uh, Kevin, there's no market for unopened thumb drives. These are not collectible. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> my, my, yeah, wall, my wall of thumbs, I shall have one day, a wall of thumbs. Well, at least you're not Hannibal Lecter doing that, but that would be creepy. Ooh. I wonder if I wonder if Hannibal Lecter would have a, a thumb drive. <laughs> you know, there was a company that used to sell those. They oh, were thumb drive. I mean, you know, they they made them look like different body parts and stuff like that. You know, oh, yeah. fingers and toes and oh, and, yeah, fingers. Okay. And, those yeah. long body parts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, noses and <laughs> I think there okay. was one that was a tongue. Hmm. Then there was okay. one that wasn't even a thumb drive that you just, it looked like a dog, and when you plugged it inside of your computer, the dog appeared to mate with your computer just <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly over and over again. Oh, this could get ugly really quick. <laughs> I bought it, and well, I gave it to a friend of mine for Christmas one year, and he didn't know what it was at first, so he sat down, he opened it up Christmas morning and looked at it, thought it looked kind of odd, and he went and plugged it into his laptop, and he just lost it. He started dying laughing. Every time somebody from the family came up, come here quick, look what my friend Kevin bought me. And they, <laughs> New Year's, he was bringing people into the into his office. Look what my friend Kevin bought for me. And there's his little dog going, inside of his computer. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, a nature lesson here or something. As long as it didn't reproduce and you got little, uh, I don't know, digital pups. or There's got to be a joke in there somewhere. Let me think. I, I, I'm sure there's somewhere, somewhere in there there, there is... Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a bad, really bad pun in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure the inner comedian in me is, uh, you know, trying to come up with with something. I, I, I could always find weird humor lots of places. Probably completely inappropriate, but it's it, it's there. 
But remember, we have the explicit tag on our show, so we are good here. Mm, well, <laughs> good is a relative term, but okay, um, we're adequate. We're yes, we're we we can say or do anything that Mark wants. Hmm. Well, do we have to ask Mark? I no, no, we don't have to ask him. Okay. We never have, so I don't know. I might have to go buy some thumb drives. I have three or four laying here on my desk right now. So, mm, I'm I'm happy. My son was here and cleaning up some stuff, and he was getting rid of some old computers. So I got a hard drive, uh, oh. 750 gig that I can put in and uh, into my computer over here, my Linux machine. I keep saying I want to uh, have a backup. A file server backup storage solution. And I just got to remember the name of the program. I think Bart Bouchotts, I think, was talking about, or was it Nightwise? Free anyway, NAS? What's that? Free NAS? Well, yeah, that's, well, I mean, I got a Ubuntu machine set up over here. But there was something you could run on uh, your Mac and uh, the Linux machine. Basically, it was R-Sync, but they did put some sort of a wrapper around it, I think, so oh, that you'd have yeah. Dropbox functionality between the two machines. So I could have, like, my picture folder would then be duplicated over on the Linux machine. Every time I drop a file in it, it would go over, it would be uh, duplicated right away over there. I can't yeah. think of the name of it. I know. Which I remember hearing one of them talk about it, too, and I can't remember which one and where. Right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it was you know easy to set up. I mean you know you can set up R Sync. I would actually have to you know kind of dust off my uh, my my nerd uh, book here a little bit and look it up. But it, I, I like I can do the command line not well, but I kind of like um, the GUI interface because then that way I don't have to remember all the commands. I know there's a certain segment of nerds out there that are rising up, sharpening their their, their thumb drives to probably come after me uh, because, <laughs> you know, all hail CLI. But um, uh, I, yeah. it, like, I can do the command line, but just give me something. To try and remember the commands, I would have to go and look it up. So Yeah, no, I, I, I have to admit, having uh, grown up using the uh, CLI, I... I really enjoy getting in there. And one of the things that's that's most relaxing to me, if I really want to mellow out and zen out, there's two ways I can do it. One is I put on this little app that I have that plays like a thunderstorm sound in the background and all that. And that, you know, that'll really relax you and, and, and help mellow you out. But the other thing is, is I'll up on the screen, I will put up, uh, I'll open the command line and type the top command into the and it monitors all the activities and processes that are going on and i just sit there and watch it scroll through and and update and mystically do things and uh <laughs> it's just so relaxing i love the command prompt well and i got one here for you um you said you would like to listen to uh, you got a soundtrack thunderstorm i came across this site um that it will and i put it in the skype there for you it's called uh, Atmospherica, and they have about five different sounds. They have a city sound, a uh, coffee shop sound, uh, rain falling in the forest, or raindrop, the rainstorm, uh, a forest sound, and then uh, probably an ocean sound. They get little waves or some sort of water or lake or ocean sound or something like Ooh, that. As, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Okay. Um, so they'll play all these different sounds in the background. So and then you can kind of set the volume for it because this is something I was trying on my uh, 
uh, Bart and the Plains podcast because it, it, and they haven't been real good about getting shows out, but part of the thing is that I have to talk to myself. I, I would like to be the co-host for that show, so I would have somebody to talk to, but, you know, I can't find anybody that, you know, I think would work well, um, or, you know, I haven't come across anybody yet. But what I was trying to do was play this sound in the background as kind of a distraction so maybe I could picture myself sitting in a coffee shop talking to somebody about what I'm doing. And so I'm trying to play some, you know, mental Jedi tricks on myself to try and get myself <laughs> to relax and be able to talk about things. So, Well, you know, there's one of those, and I can't, I think it was Jeff Gamut recommended it, um, that is just a coffee shop one. Yeah, I think Julie recommended it to me and probably got it from Jeff. Yeah. Coffee TV. Coffitivity or yeah, I think I might have that one. I, uh, I've used that one before. That's the one I think that Jeff swears or, or Julie, one of the two of them, swore there was a, a goat or something they heard in the background during <laughs> during the loop. And well, if if it's Jeff that heard the goat, I'm worried about the goat. If it's Julie that heard <laughs> the goat, I'm worried about Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could go either way. And I did hear, yeah, listening to that uh, loop, I did hear something in the back. I don't think it was a goat. But I thought I heard somebody say, uh, you know, most of it sounds like just indis uh, indeterminate mumbling. But I thought I heard a word or something come out like, um, well, I can't remember what it was. Uh, kidding or I, I can't remember what the word was, but it did seem to kind of pop out a little bit. But, um, you know, and I was trying to do that just to kind of, you know. Otherwise, I'm just sitting here talking, and you know, sometimes you listen to the sound of your own voice, and it's like, oh, hey, um, you just kind of drives you a little nuts. But I thought I would try this, and they got different uh, sounds here, so um, you know, it, it was a little trick I'm trying to play and see if it'll work. Well, I had this app that I came across. I think I paid 99 cents for it. It's called Thunder Space. Ooh, and it's a. Uh, I'll fire it up here so the listeners can get a little listen to it. And it has an extra added feature. They tell you to wear um, headphones so you can get the full effect. And I had a crap load of work to do this weekend. And it was stuff that I really had to focus on. So I need to tune out everything else going on around me here in the house. And um, so I put this on and put my headphones on, my over-the-ear headphones, and focused in. But this is, this is the app. Let me see if I can... And you'll get to see the little extra feature. Watch your screen there, and you can see the little, the little extra that it will do here for a second. Wow! Did you see the flash? I can see the Apple logo. Oh, there we go. It um, if you do it in the dark, I gotta shut it off. Um. If you do it in the dark, you can actually turn your phone upside down, and every so often it'll fire the LED flash, uh, and it'll light up, you know, like the room a little bit, and, and kind of give you that real thunderstorm type of feeling. Now, the sound is great with headphones on. It right. sucks without the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was pretty loud when you had it up there, so. Yeah, it's, it's a neat little app. It was 99 cents, I think, is what I paid for it. I'm one of those weird people that most of the time a thunderstorm relaxes me. Well, you and my wife, and I don't mind a thunderstorm, um, especially growing up in the farm. That meant rain. Um, now, it's when the wind and the hail came that, you know, persons started getting really, uh, really nervous. But um, And when you saw Margaret, what's-her-face on the bike riding along? 
You know, anyway, I with murdered little, that song, the, but with the little dog in the back. Yeah, or in the front. I'll get you my pretty, pretty and, and your little doggy too. So, and and we could sing somewhere over the rainbow. And then the rainbow uh, rainbow falls down on us and squishes us. So there you go. So, uh, and by the way, folks, I will recommend that you go have a listen to Mike's episode of Bard on the Plains, where he talks about the Wizard of Oz. That was an enjoyable show. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, not to plug my own show here, but I've been trying to do stories that I find interesting and compelling and have some sort of influence on me. If, like I said, I got to knuckle down and, you know, kind of it, hopefully real life will kind of give me a little break here once in a while. Um, I'm trying to get the uh, book Catch-22 out. Because um, that was a book that I blame a lot of my uh, humor on. Because uh, <laughs> that that is a uh, let's just say it's a, an interesting uh, a book uh, with some interesting humor and insights and um, logic uh, or illogical logic, you know, if whatever. Um, and I kind of you know that book I blame. Uh, Actually, my daughter should blame it because she'll say things like, Dad, you need to get your hair cut. And I say, no, I need to get them all cut. That just kind of uh, silly uh, logic. Uh, and then, you know, they talked a lot about bureaucracy and um, army intelligence, um, which is actually uh, some people say is a contradiction in terms. Um, and it's just that kind of stuff that I've always had kind of a problem with government rules, regulations, Excessive rules and regulations, let's put it that way. Uh, and then, you know, this whole book kind of played up to that about um, the, the silliness or, uh, of rules. Well, silly isn't quite the right word because this is a war. People are dying. But um, just the way that, you know, all hail the rules no matter what type thing. And um, Yeah. Now, you know that, uh, no, I gotta get, I'm going to get all my hair cut. I wondered where I picked that up from. I've been saying that for years. And I I read part of that book. I don't think I read the whole thing probably, oh, I was like 15 or 16 years old. So, I mean, it's been a long, long time ago. So now I know where that came from because I there was a girl at work that she did it to me. She said it to me one time. I said, no, no, Summer, I got all my hair. Not, not our friend Summer, not our mutual friend Summer, but a different girl that I worked with whose name was... And she, oh, she just slap her forehead and go really, and then she, then anytime I walk in, she'd say, "I see you got your hairs cut." So. Yes, and now my daughter, she doesn't ask for a uh, a pop; she asks for a soda. Because every time she'd ask for a pop, she, I I would say, well, "Why do you want another one? You already got me." Oh, and now, see, I did now, the other thing. now we've taken it as a completely illogical thing that she doesn't ask for popcorn; she asks for soda corn because she knows better. <laughs> Well, I had a friend that used to say, can I have a pop? And I'd haul back and land one on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, so that, that book has, you know, apparently it's warped you too. Because I was about 17. I was a senior in high school when I read it. And my, my brother recommended it to me. Because I don't know if it's a book I would have read otherwise. Uh, just gone out to read. But because he's 14 years older than I am. And uh, he graduated in 66. So he would have been, uh, well, he went to college, went through ROTC. Otherwise, you know, there was a possibility he could have been drafted and gone into the Vietnam War. So, you know, since this book dealt with World War II, but uh, still, you know, it's the military and the way that 
the military thinks and acts. And I should try to draw a distinction here. I'm not bagging on the people who serve in the military. You know, I got a nephew uh, in the 82nd Airborne. You know, he throws himself out of perfectly good airplanes. Um, and I know of, I have known other people in the military. So they, for the people in the military, I have the utmost respect for. It's sometimes the thinking at the top that you kind of scratch your head and and wonder sometimes and about you know what their motivation uh, and it, in military and government. It, uh, I always question people in power what their motivation is. Uh, keep them honest, basically. Well, it, sometimes the ri- ridiculousness. Or of uh, bureaucracy is funny, and I know what you're talking about. And I, I've seen part of the movie of Catch the movie Catch Twenty Two is pretty good as well. Um, but I remember, and this is a true story. Early, very early on in my working life, I worked for the United States Postal Service, and I worked in a small post office. And I don't remember if I've related this story before, but it, it, it is the utmost in ridiculousness. I was there one Saturday. I worked Saturdays at the post office. I was what they called a clerk carrier, I believe, which meant I worked at the front. You came in, you wanted to buy some stamps or something like that. Yes, you actually went to the post office in those days, kids, to buy stamps. And you had to lick them and stick them on. They didn't have the peel and stick ones. (laughs) Um, But then I also sorted the mail and put it in the P.O. boxes, you know, for the people. It was a small town post office. But... What was really interesting is I had the the lady that was working at the post office oh, about five, six miles away, and she was towards the end of what was then the route that they went through uh, for, this, for the sorting and all that sort of thing. And if uh, she called me one day and she said, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I need form, and I can't remember the form number, whatever it is, that allows me to order the form that will allow me to order what I need to order. <laughs> Yeah. And she said, can you put it in the interpost? So I had to look and I went, I don't even have either one of those forms rights in both of you. But it was the form to order the form. It was like, oh my God, the bureaucracy, you know, the and the post office is very typical of government bureaucracy. And that's, that's, that's catch 22. I mean, it was that all kind of that cyclical bureaucracy stuff that, that, that was going on. It's, it's ridiculous. At times. That's where that term snafu came from. Systems normal all fouled up. Yeah, or a little, a little bluer if you want to go that way too. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep it uh, fairly good here. But um, let's see. Oh, yeah, I was trying to find the quote here. Yeah, here we go. I, I like this. This is, you know, the, the definition of Catch-22. Uh, I'll read it from the book here. But I'll try to keep it simple. But uh, there was only one catch, and that was Catch-22, which specified that the concern for one's own safety in the face of dangers that were real and immediate was the process of a rational mind. Or one of the characters in, in the book was crazy and could be grounded. All he had to do was ask. And as soon as he did, he was no longer crazy and would have to fly more missions. Or it would be crazy to fly more missions and sane if he didn't. But if he was sane, he'd have to fly them. If he flew them, he was crazy and he didn't have to. But if if he didn't want to, he was saying and had to. Uh, Yossarian was moved very deeply by the absolute simplicity of uh, Catch-22 and let a, let a respectful whistle. <laughs> um, and, you know, that it's that kind of cyclical uh, logic uh, that, you know, I've always, it's always kind of fascinated me that, uh, you know, to just take things and twist them up until you have somebody, you know, basically biting their own tail um, out of confusion and, you know, and it had, but it, but it's absolutely normal and yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 
it's um, it's it's a I like one of the phrases I used to use all the time. It's the same difference. <laughs> yeah. It's the same difference. I'll say that at work. Everyone, somebody say, well, "What about this?" I go, "Oh, same difference." And I, right. <laughs> and they look at me and go, "Huh?" <laughs> what do you mean the same difference? Well, and you know, then uh, farming. Uh, when I was farming, we'd have to go into back then. It was the ASCS office. Now I think it's uh, FSA Farm Service Agency. But you know, it's still a government organization. You'd have to fill out all these forms for getting you know government aid or you know whatever for the government programs. And uh, I went in there once, and they had to they had this formula because you had to put so much of a percentage into uh, idle acres or something like that. So they had to um, um, they had this formula that they had to figure out um, that um, anyway, they couldn't just take a simple percentage. you had to add this up and subtract this and then divide by this or something like that. And it was like they couldn't just plug it in and like to a spreadsheet and do anything it's something simple <laughs> they had to go through this uh stupid stuff yeah no the, the, there's there's plenty of that you know now i have this picture of you as i and i know this is totally untrue but i'm picturing you more like kevin costner you know in, in uh, field of dreams you know out you plowing under your field to put in a baseball diamond or you know well the, yeah and that movie is completely unrealistic because the government red taper to ground that to a complete halt oh but I, I, I think of you more more modernly. You would have plowed in or turned over some of your perfectly good farmland and made a chip fab uh, plant there to produce processors or something like that. Oh, you're darn right. Um, what would I have done? I don't know about uh, chip processing, but you know maybe uh, oh you know selling computers or or some something like that. Yeah. I, oh yeah. What um what was that company that used to have the cow logo? Gateway. Gateway. Weren't they South Dakota? Yep. Uh, North North Sioux City, South Dakota. Well, until they were bought up by uh, some Japanese country and got moved overseas and turned to crap. But wait a minute. Uh, North Sioux City, City, South Dakota. Dakota. Yes, that almost sounds like a catch twenty two ism. I was going to say that that really. Yeah, because yeah. Sioux City is down in Iowa, but this is North Sioux City, South Dakota. North. Could we put any more directions in there? Could we just get you two Dakotas to get along and just have the one damn Dakota so that we don't have to worry about this? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm from the better South Dakota down here. Now watch Julie drive down here and beat the crap out of me. But Oh, yeah. I don't want to piss Julie off. Julie, he said it beat the crap out of him. Don't bother me. I'm sorry. I, I'm not insulting Julie. No, no, Julie, please don't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got in my fair kind of shared digs about... Uh, uh, about North Dakota and, and everything. You always got to have the interwar or, you know, the, the state uh, rivalries and stuff like that. Uh, things like, what do you call uh, two sick chickens in a tractor that won't start? The Iowa oh. State Fair. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I have, you know, I have a, fr- a, a friend of mine. Uh, she was talking about something, something about it, riding a tractor and all that. And I said, Oh Lord, I hope you didn't get syphilis from the tractor. And she looked at me real funny and said, "What are you talking about?" And I started telling her. I said, "Didn't you ever watch Seinfeld?" And she said, "Yeah." And she, I said, "Remember the episode where Jerry was dating a girl, and she kept talking about the tractor tractor incident?" And she said her boyfriend had told her she'd gotten syphilis from riding the metal tractor seat with a bikini on. <laughs> I said, "Oh," and she looked at me. She went, "Oh dear God, Kevin." No. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that would be completely inappropriate. But yeah, um, I don't remember that episode. Hmm. 
remember it's one of the episodes that, of course I love that show I never appreciated the Jerry Seinfeld show when it was on you know on a, it was one of those shows that after it went off and then I could watch it and really appreciate it it was like oh this is really freaking funny the, the crap here you know and now whenever I watch it I always try to look at it and see what Apple computer he's got sitting in the background there on his desk because as the show aged he got newer and newer computers well wasn't there Maybe I got it wrong, but wasn't there supposed to be some Superman reference or yes. something? In every show, there is a reference or a Superman that you see in his apartment somewhere. Okay. There'll be like a Superman figure or a picture of Superman on the fridge. There'll be something like that. Yeah, there's a Superman. If I have it right, there is a Superman character or picture in every episode of Jerry Seinfeld. And I heard that, and I didn't know if it was folklore or if it was uh, uh, actual. No, I think it's kind of it's. Yeah, I think it's true. I'm fairly certain it's true. Every time I watch one, I look to see that too. It's kind of like uh, from the show Everybody Loves Raymond, where uh, the character Robert always touches when he's eating. He always touches a spoon to his chin before he puts it in his mouth. Have you ever okay. seen? You ever watched that show? I I, I did. Um, it it was one of those shows. I liked it up to a point until they really started getting really manic and then that kind of drove me a little a little over the top but uh i remember watching it now, now i have to go back and and watch that and just yeah anytime the character robert's eating he'll take the spoon he'll get the food he touches it and then he puts it in his mouth touches it to his chin or something <laughs> like that that guy brad uh, what's his name brad um garrett is it brad garrett He's yeah. a good character actor. I like him and stuff. And his voice is perfect. He does a lot of voice work too. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Because um, he's he's just got that deep voice that projects like you know um, like uh, you know it, it really projects and oh and I I picked up a little as long as we're talking weird facts and quirks. What actor has done voice work in all of the Pixar movies? Oh, Cliff Clavin. Um, John Ratzenberger. That's it. I couldn't think of his real name. I could only think Cliff Clavin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I came across that. I don't remember where I was. I was just one of those things I got off on a track, you know, like we'd never get off on a track anywhere, take a side road. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, shiny. Um, anyway, I was, saw that, and, and they, yeah, so he's done uh, voiceover in, you know, all of the Pixar movies, and I forget which one it was. Uh, it was that uh, when the credits were rolling. Um, said uh, he made some you know self-deprecating remark about who's that jerk that keeps showing up in all of the Pixar movies all the time. Oh, I think it's uh, that might have been in, in in Cars. That seems right. I can't remember because he does Mac the truck in Cars. Uh, I can't remember now, but I, I I do remember seeing that thing where he says, "Who's that jerk that keeps you know showing up and <laughs> can't he get any other work?" You know, because he's yeah. Because he does, uh, I love Toy Story. I love those movies, the Toy Story movies. They're just, the comedy uh, in those is just unbelievably funny. I haven't watched Toy Story 3 yet. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to go to that one yet. My daughter watched it, and she said it was, you know, when uh, Andy has to, you know, Andy gives up his toys or whatever. She, uh, she said that, you know, that turned her into a basket case. So I don't know if I'm uh, ready to go there yet. So oh, I must be a little emotionally dead inside because it didn't bother <laughs> me that way. <laughs> oh, I, I I can be a weepy fool when I want to. Well, I can be a fool anytime, but I can be a weepy fool uh, Every once in a while. So. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I like it. I think um, I like all of them. All three of them are good movies. I I really enjoy them. Um, or I like the third one too because uh, of course the uh, character, the bear character, is voiced by uh, Ned Beatty, who uh, who I mm. think is absolutely hilarious. Of course, every time I see Ned Beatty, I immediately think of the movie Deliverance. Deliverance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never seen like that hog, movie. Boy. I've never seen that movie, but I've heard the you know the tropes in it, and it's kind of like oh boy, I don't know if I really want to. I have to laugh. We I had seen that movie multiple times over the years, and wasn't long after uh, my wife and I got married, we were talking about, it and I said, oh, let's rent this. You know, this was back when there wasn't a whole lot, and plus we were too cheap to pay for movie channels. Mm. So I said, we'll rent this. So we brought it home. We're sitting there, and her brother came over. And her brother was probably 17 or 18 years old at the time. And he kind of knew what happened in the movie, but he had never seen it either. And we're watching the movie. We're watching the movie. Then they get to that part. And my wife goes, oh, dear God, what's she doing? What's she doing to that man? <laughs> and I said, yep, he's doing exactly what you think he's doing to Ned Beatty. And she went, oh, my God, that's in a movie. <laughs> and I said, yep. Because she'd heard me always utter that phrase, you look just like a hog. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I, I've never been brave enough to watch that one, but uh, oh, I, as a t- you, you should watch it. I convinced some of the guys that I was working with that were, they're not Americans, they're from India. They're over from around Delhi, or New Delhi, India. And they said, we wanted to rent a movie this weekend, Kevin, what can you recommend? So I recommended Deliverance to you evil, evil, uh, or a big man. You. And these, uh, and these poor guys, they're all around 20, 24 years old in that age bracket, fresh out of college. They oh come boy. in, they come, they come in the next Monday morning and go, oh my God. They were like, just, does that really happen? I said, yeah, you want to go home with me? And they were like, no. <laughs> oh boy. International incident here. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was fun. You need to watch that movie. You need to watch uh, it so you can get all the okay, all the the cultural references. Yeah. Um, and didn't that have the uh, dueling banjos? Yeah, right at the beginning, it has yeah. uh, uh, John Voight. Play, I think it's no, it's not John Voight playing the banjo. What's the guy's name? Oh, that's gonna escape me. That plays that does the dueling banjos and plays against the uh, little inbred kid at the beginning of the movie. But, um, yeah, that's where the dueling band... It was funny. I said something to somebody. I said, can you sing dueling banjos? They said, oh, yeah, I sing that all the time. I went, really? You sing dueling banjos. <laughs> I said, I don't believe there's any words to that. <laughs> you might, it's like when I Barney... I can't even spell it's, deliverance, but it's, yeah. It's, it's like um, when Andy Griffith asked Barney about singing acapella, and Barney went, yeah, I can sing it. Acapella, acapella. <laughs> Oy. No, please don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, you. I think you and the, and your good your good wife need to watch that. Cuddle Oy. up on the sofa with some popcorn, and, and watch it. And how old's your daughter? She's she's old enough to watch it now. Well, she's nineteen. Yeah, so she might be a little shocked, but uh, well, yeah, maybe so. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these movies. Well, even even books that you know I've heard so much about, but we've never got around to. Uh, you know, a reading or watching or whatever. Like today, we on uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk, we did Neuromancer. Well, that's like a science fiction staple. I've heard about it. Uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Um, I don't know. That it's been in, made into a movie, but uh, you know, we, we talked about the book, and 
you know, that's uh, it didn't it didn't coin the term cyberspace, but it popularized it. And they talked about a lot of things. But, you know, and that's kind of a science fiction staple. But we've never read it before. But, you know, you, you look at that and you see all the movies that came from it. The Matrix was inspired by it. And actually, when he wrote it, he was a little worried. It was the same time that Blade Runner came out, and he was afraid. Uh, he kind of had to rewrite some of it, but he was afraid that they were going to sue him because what he had envisioned was quite similar to what they were doing with the movie Blade Runner. So he had to sit there and kind of juggle things around a little bit. Didn't um, Neuromancer also inspire Johnny Mnemonic? Well, he, the guy who, uh, William Gibson, actually wrote Johnny uh, Mnemonic. Okay. Uh, he wrote several short stories. He had a, like a trilogy uh, based on uh, oh, the sprawl. That's what I was trying to think of during Sci-Fi Tech Talk. That's an area I never quite did figure out where it is, but somewhere in the world, I think maybe like around Alabama or something like that. But uh, there was a trilogy based on that, and I think Neuromancer was part of that trilogy, I believe. But yeah, so he wrote Johnny Mnemonic, and that's another one I should check out because I think there was a movie made about that. But Yeah, there was. Uh, What's-his-face from... Uh the Matrix starred in it too. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Okay, um, and so there's some of those ones that um, you know have are the basis of science fiction, but we haven't gotten around to watching them. Kind of like the week before, we talked about Childhood and Childhood's End by uh, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, and when you read that, you can see the basis of a lot of uh, you know science fiction works in there, and including um, his own uh, 2001. Uh, if you read Childhood's End, 2001 makes a little more sense. I'm not going to say a lot, but a little. I, you know, that's a movie that I absolutely love, but I think like you, I still don't understand the whole damn thing. Yeah, It's just like, you know, right over your head. Uh, and I know, consider myself fairly intelligent, you know, for a hick, but I... Yeah. Well, it's one of those things. I think he purposely did it that way. He didn't want to spell things out. He wanted to just kind of let the audience draw their own conclusion. So, you know, I, my take on it is that like the black monoliths uh, just represented, uh, you know, whatever power is kind of like, you know, nudging man along. It's just think of it as a blank slate. Paint on it what you you know, think it is. You know, is it God? Is it, uh, you know, some sort of... Um, you know, superior being, is it just uh, fate? Um, I don't know, whatever, you know, he kind of leaves it up to you. He doesn't spell it out. And that's probably <clears throat> the strength of the movie. Because I think if he would have sat there and said, this is this and this is that, um, I think it probably would have just kind of taken away from the movie. Uh, as it is, it's just kind of like, and then the way he did it with the visuals and the music and everything else, he really just kind of painted a, you know, a, it was more of a, a painting really than it was a motion picture it's just kind of this the you know the celluloid was his canvas and he just created the story on there and you know kind of let people take from it what they want yeah see that's why i was never any good with collar forms i you know the, the toy collar forms back in the day i needed more form and, and structure to my play and when it comes to movies i need more form and structure like Ernest goes to camp or something like that <laughs> you need somebody to take your hand and <laughs> Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> hey, I, hey, Vern! I love that movie. I can't help it. That is, it is, it is like all these other stupid campy movies. I dearly love that movie. He says, like when you're sharpening the knife, first you have to wet the stone, and he licks the the the, the stone. And he says, then you slide the blade, 
right down the stone and right into the meat of your hand. <laughs> oh, look, is that a raccoon over there? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the stupid stuff like that that he does. Well, I, don't, the, I can't help myself. Well, it inspired that catchphrase, hey, Varun. Well, you know, did you ever have, when I was growing up, he used to do uh, Toyota commercials, and it was for Tyson's Toyota around here. Oh. He said, hey, Vern, you need to come on down to Tyson's Toyota and, and pick you up one of these whatevers and all this stuff. So, I, I think I saw him once he became you know big. Um, uh, Jim Varney, that's yeah, the... Jim, uh, yeah. Yeah, once he became uh, uh, big, I think they kind of put some of those on TV to show where he got his start or whatever. Um, but then uh, at the school this year, they did a play, and one of the characters in there was named Vern. And he's... Uh, <laughs> He's a nice kid. He's just kind of one of those, you know. He's a little, little big, and he's just kind of, you know, roly poly. But you know, he's a, you know, kind of a, a happy kid. And the his character's name was Vern. So now I'm just every time I look at him, I just kind of go. I think you know, hey Vern. You know, it may become his nickname. Yeah, but in the one he used to always do, would get me at Vern, 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 Vern. He would do that sometimes when he was talking. Well, Ernest Saves Christmas, which is another one that I dearly love. Yes, people, I do like the the a lot of the Ernest movies. Um, he does. He goes and talks to Vern, and he talks to the camera like he does in other things. And he's like putting the Christmas lights up, and he's ripping the wiring out of the wall while he's trying to do it. <laughs> this guy's house is just. Oh, it's just hilarious! I I, I do I do thoroughly uh, enjoy the uh, the Ernest movie. But talk about campy movies! I don't think either one of us have seen that one that's kind of going around. Everybody's talking about Sharknado. Hey, I I uh, I, I know it's become a uh, a Twitter meme. Um, everyone's talking about it. Uh, I think I've seen the promos. Um, I, I don't know if I want to watch it. Uh, what sharks get sucked up into a tornado? It's something about, yeah, and then they land on Los Angeles or something. I'm trying to remember. I've seen bits and pieces of the, of, you know, the promo and stuff like that. It was like, wait a minute. You're, you, and then I started reading about it, and they said there's this whole genre of these campy movies. And, and to top it off, they're going to make Shark Sharknado 2. Well, I know sci-fi has kind of gotten a reputation for those kind of weird, campy movies. Um I don't remember some of the ones that they've done, but they have been kind of like really weird. Oh, is that the, I think didn't they do the the crocodiles in like Lake Placid or something like that? Something like that, or giant crocodiles, or there was some weird, yeah. weird thing. Of course, you know, to be fair to them though, I used to remember when I was a kid watching some of those old uh, uh, B grade uh, classic uh, science fiction movies. Um, I think there was one called The Killer Shrews. Um, that one yeah. doesn't call. Well, that that I remember that one because uh, these people, what land on this uh, uh, island where the scientist is conducting experiments uh, on growth uh, uh, growth hormones or something like that. So anyway, he ends up with these big uh, shrews, and you know, shrews are little like mice size for people who don't know, little mice size type um, creatures that are, I think, basically blind, have a long nose. Uh, sharp teeth and are kind of vicious little critters. Well, these are like big, about the size of a a dog, or well, even um, maybe a you know a sheep or you know something like that. Fairly good size, and they're running around and they're killing people and they're attacking and everything. And they have to figure out how to get off the island and how to protect themselves. And you know, it's really kind of a campy movie. And then the one scene 
scene, you can pretty sure that they threw a rug over a dog and ran them through the set or something like that. You know, it's really kind of a, uh, I, 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 well, they weren't trying to camp it up, but it was just like low production values, um, you know, cheap or cheap production values, whatever. Um, and just kind of, uh, and the, kind of a thin storyline. Yeah, you, you, you talk about that, the, the, the giant trues. It makes me think of the movie Princess Bride where they go through the forest and they have the, the rodents of the, the RUSs, the rodents of unusual size. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> no, no, the one I probably should. It, 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 the, I like the Princess because it has, uh, what's his face, a guy, Inigo uh, Montoya. Oh, crap, I uh, can't. I know who you mean. I can see his, uh, his yeah. uh, face. Uh, my name is Inigo Montoya. Now you're going to die, and all this stuff. And it has, uh, it, it's very, it's got a lot of stupid humor in it. The type of humor that you and I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like some of the biggest mistakes are to get involved in a land war in Southeast Asia, but we won't talk about that. And it goes on into other stuff like that. It's like, you know, it's just dumb humor. That um, it's the kind of stuff that you and I would appreciate. That you and I appreciate. You need, and that one's kind of fun. Uh, my wife hates that movie, but I like it. I'll watch it. She really? Are you watching that again? I'm going. Yes, I'm watching it again. It's just an interest. It's apparently a geek classic. I think. Okay, uh, I've heard that Office Space is a geek classic. I finally got around to watching that one. Watch out for your cornhole there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to go back and rewatch that one. Oh yeah, uh, I love that movie. Sounds like uh, somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Uh, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, that's it. Mandy Patinkin, that's it. Yep, he IMDB plays, is my friend. Yeah, he plays in Negan Montoya. So that's a, that's a good movie. And you have Andre the Giant on there. Oh, yeah, I just saw that one. And Fred Savage. Yep. Okay. Oh, and, and Peter Falk. I know I, I've seen bits and pieces of it, I think. Uh, I kind of know it, uh, but I haven't really like sat down to watch it. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I like it. I enjoy it. I one of those movies where I thought, why would I watch this? And I got to watching it, and and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And so, hey, you know, it's one of those things. Just like was it yesterday morning? I got hooked on. I got up and got to watching um, Overboard with Goldie Hawn and um, um, Kurt Russell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember that one though. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that they'd been together. St- Almost since that movie came out, they've never gotten married, but they've been no. together since 1984, 85. Yeah, they, they've been living in sin for about the last 30 years or something like that. So Yeah, I looked her up on the internet, and it, I was amazed. I was, cause I was looking up to see, she had she has some kids, but then, because she's from somewhat in this local area. She's originally from Washington, D.C., Silver Spring area. Um, and I know somebody that went to the same high school that she did, but was a... I think my friend Linda was a senior when Goldie Hawn was like a freshman or something like that. I can't remember. But apparently she was loud and boisterous even back then and, you know, always cutting up and stuff like that. And I forgot where the hell I was going to go with that now, too. So. <laughs> uh, Goldie Hawn, I think, a laugh in all the time. Suck it to me. Suck it to me, baby. Suck it to me. Oh, I still remember having a three-ring binder in uh, first grade that had sock it to me on it. Oh yeah, I kind of remember. I'd like to go back and watch some of those uh, old uh, Martin and La- uh, Martin and Rowan laugh-in shows. Um, that that that's another hmm, another subject for uh, 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 Bard on the Plains is uh, the uh, the laugh-in shows. Oh yeah, they were good. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Gary Marshall, the yes. uh, the announcer. Yes. 
He's actually from Mitchell, South Dakota. So oh, that's my he? that's my home uh, or you know my home state uh, connection to a show. Oh, okay. This is almost like uh, the uh, the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. Except oh, bacon. Wait a minute. Bacon. I'm sorry. I just oh, thought of bacon. bacon. Oh. Except I'm not allowed to eat real bacon anymore. My wife only buys the damn turkey bacon. I'm sorry. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, no, Gary Marshall is from uh, South Dakota, and I remember that, you know, like, um, Artie, um, oh. Oh, I know. not Feldman. Um, no, yeah, that's a different one. Um, oh, he was the one yeah. that played the, the guy sitting on the park bench. Or the German, um, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the Nazi, you know, and to make fun of Nazis in the 60s was kind of brave. Um, oh, here we go to IMDB again. Yeah. Uh, um, Marty, what was his name? Oh, um, that's terrible. We're showing our age when we can't remember these people like we used to. The ones that we loved, yes. Yeah, uh, especially. That's like the other day I was watching an episode of TNG, um, and I saw Ray Walston was going to be on it, so I had to stop and watch that. Oh, yeah, Ray Walston, uh, My Favorite Martian? Yes. He was on there, so I had I had to watch it just to see where how they worked him into an episode of TNG. So. T- uh Oh, so the, the next generation Star Trek. Next, next generation. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to. I kind of. Sorry. Okay. No, I, I think I just lost geek cred there. No, no. I couldn't remember what TNG was. It, that's all right. I'll say it sometimes without even thinking. So. Well, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just to, I'll come across him here soon. But you had uh, Dan Rowan and Dick Martin, uh, Gary Owens. Okay, not Gary Marshall. Gary Owens. Duh. Um, Ruth Buzzy, um, oh. Henry Gibson, uh, Artie Johnson. That's it. Okay. And Joanne Worley. I oh, mean, yeah. these were all characters. Joanne Worley's funny. I like her. I remember her being on, like, Love Boat and stuff then, you know, in the 70s when that show, because my mother used to make me watch that damn show when I was <laughs> too young to go out on Friday night. I'd have to sit there and watch that pathetic show. <laughs> God, I hated that damn show. <laughs> the Love Boat. Da, 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 da. Oh, God. I didn't mind it so much. Uh but you know some of those old shows, and then oh, and then, uh, as I'm looking here, they they mentioned Johnny Carson. I used to love watching Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I didn't. Uh, I didn't appreciate. He's another one. I didn't appreciate him at the time, but time. now when I see it, I really appreciate it. Well, and the, and the ones that um, you know, just the way he would handle a situation. Probably my favorite scene is uh, way back in, when it was in black and white. And they had the guy on, uh, the, uh, I think it was the, the Indian guy that did a lot of, uh, acted in a lot of Westerns, and he was a tomahawk thrower. And so they ha- uh, brought him out, and this was, yeah, back in black and white. I think it, was, it wasn't even the Tonight Show, I don't think it was. I think maybe it was, what was that game show he did? Anyway. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name of it either. Right. So it was one of those early shows. So he brings him out and they had this uh, silhouette of a man on plywood there. And the idea was that he's supposed to take his tomahawk and throw it. Well, I think the way the story goes is uh, one of the stagehands saw that his tomahawk was uh, uh, cracked. So he put a little tape around it so it wouldn't uh, you know, crack or anything. So it threw the weight off a little bit. So as he threw it, it dropped. So instead of hitting him in the heart, it hit him in the crotch. <laughs> Well, you know, certainly enough TV that was still kind of um, it would you know make people kind of teehee a little bit, and so uh, you know they're all laughing and carrying on, and Johnny's just kind of standing there, and you know, just kind of milking the moment, and then when laughter kind of died down, he turned to him and said, "I didn't know you were Jewish." 
<laughs> and they just take off again. It's like gas on a fire. But you know, just that kind of timing and wit. And you know, um, the other one was that um, he had Jack Nicholson's wife out there, the professional golfer. Oh, and I yes, know this one. <laughs> this one, yep. <clears throat> and they uh, and he asked uh, Johnny Astor, you know, is there anything special that you do to, you know, a lot of people have superstitions and things that they do before games to kind of make sure that they, you know, make sure that they play well. And he says, is there any superstitions, anything that you do for your husband to make sure that she uh, that he plays well? And she said, yes, before he goes out, I kiss all of his balls. <laughs> and then, then Johnny replied to him, well, I bet that makes his makes putter, his- putter release something or stiff or something like that. Putter flutter, putter flutter. That's it. I can. I've seen that one a bunch of times. But yeah. Oh, that's that is a classic. I've even written that one's been written up in books and stuff uh, about uh, comedy on television. That's that's absolutely hilarious. I yeah. You you really. It, I guess maybe it takes people to be old to start appreciating some of this crap. Well, or maybe look at what we have today. Although there's some there's good people out there but some of the stuff maybe it's because we are getting older some of the people on tv you kind of sit there and go they really put that crap on tv but you know maybe or something like our parents saying the same things about the stuff that we're you know we worship now that we're getting older so i don't know maybe it's cyclical yeah yeah and as long as the man with the sickle doesn't show up anytime soon for us we're in good shape good transition yeah, there you go. Well, I think, ladies and gentlemen, it's about time we've been going on for a little while. I think it's about time we wrap this thing up. Uh, Mike, can you tell the listeners where you uh, where they could find out a little more about you? Yeah, I, I you know pretty much kind of plugged myself here, but you know for anybody that's interested, I got Bard on the Plains. That's at bardontheplains.blogspot.com. Uh, sci-fi Tech Talk. Uh, that's at sci-fi-tech-talk.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, where uh, sometimes I'm throwing spitballs from the back of the classroom, and that's uh, so I'm DSC Chipman there. And any of the other stuff that I do, I've got an about.me page at about.me/slash/mike-mcpeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-E-K. Thank you. And if you want to find out more about me, you can follow me on Twitter at B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. And it's the same thing on app.net if you wish to follow me there. Um, You can also find out uh, more about me at my about.me can't speak. uh, About.me page forward slash Kevin Aldern. That's with two L's. Mike has two E's. I have two L's. So we'll we'll (laughs) leave that one there. But uh, uh, if you want to find out more about the show or please go over to geekiestshowever.com. If you'd like to write us a review on iTunes, we would really appreciate it. And until next week, we appreciate you downloading and listening to the show. And between now and next week, please, please don't forget to hug a geek. Hello, I'm Mike McPeak from Bard on the Plains podcast. Growing up on the plains of South Dakota, I used to listen to my dad tell stories about his life. I never had a chance to record any of these, but I realize that everyone has a story to tell. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, tell anecdotes of my own and have other people tell their stories in their words and in their voice. So please listen to Bard on the Plains podcast. It's about stories, mine and yours.